podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another Courtside Fracker Playoffs Morning Report. I'm joined this morning by a very happy uh, Celtics fan, Yas Aydin, yes? Chuffed, chuffed filler. Very good, yes. very good. There we go. Now the series is on. Come on, <laughs> come on, boys. It, it doesn't become a series until a team wins a road game. We know that, we know that. So uh, you guys did that in emphatic fashion yesterday uh, to the tune of a... 127 to 102 win. So you've absolutely battered them. Uh, memories go back to the St. Patrick's Day massacre of the Lakers in 2008. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, being our man on the ground, yes, he's going to have to take us through exactly what happened. So let's start with a quick game overview. Yeah, I mean, like you say, it was it was a battering, really. Um, I, I mean, the most simple way to put it is we scored 70 in the first half. Um, Miami aren't a team that usually allow that, but we just were really poised, really good. The, the thing about this Celtics team, just before everything, is I don't think, yeah, we haven't lost two games in a row in this playoffs, and they've shown that even with me and all my fandom and the emotional roller coaster of that, and how they can still give away leads and, and lose games that maybe they're in control of at times. They haven't lost back-to-back. They've shown really good responses. Brown has shown good responses. Tatum has shown good responses. Smart has shown good responses. Um, Udoka has shown good responses. And so, uh, yeah, uh, after that game one, it could have been easy to to not do that, but they, they were fantastic. Even, to be honest, if we, if we go from the very top, I was a bit concerned at first. Um, PJ Tucker got two easy looks with their first two possessions from the corner, and then he got a floater. Um, Smart, who we're going to talk about a lot. Um, it was a good and bad of Marcus Smart early on. He, he missed a couple that were really forced, but then there were some good assists and it, it felt like a very rough with the smooth Marcus Smart game. But to be honest, we just um, just executed well on every possession, took advantage of mismatches where they were, Gabe Vincent struggled defensively. Tyler Hero came in and looked like he was going to do his usual sort of rebalancing act in the first got five early points but he couldn't really get going um and and yeah and defensively we limited jimmy we'll talk a lot about that in terms of how exactly um yeah he just wasn't really able to play in any meaningful way other than in the post like he wasn't able to get downhill he wasn't able to get it top of the key we cut off supply there um, and he was sort of reduced to playing like an old school power forward for a lot of the game cut off supply to bam uh, active like we got out and we were the ones getting out in transition after game one which was which was a, a nice change um but yeah defensively we're really good Horford and Smart coming back was massive Tatum Tatum didn't have a supernova game he just kind of hit the shots that were there like he was just yeah. really efficient it was a KD-esque sort of efficient night from Tatum seven to ten in the first half um Brown Brown was better Brown turned it over a lot less um I'm not even turned over a lot. The funny thing with Brown in the box score is the box score in the first game was better than he actually played. Like he played with more purpose, although the turnovers were were similar in number. They, it didn't feel as lost. Yeah, um, with the ball in his hands. But yeah, defensively we were really, really good. Cut off supply and and pre- protected things at the rim. Rob Williams had a really good half, and offensively just just hit our shots. It wasn't that much more complicated than hit our shots. The looks were the same as the first game. The first half was very similar to the first game. 
key difference was obviously no third quarter collapse. And uh, I think Boston have to go, go back to Boston now, 1-1. But not just 1-1, we've, we've won seven out of eight quarters of basketball. So that one total vomit fest on mm. in the first game in, in the third quarter is really the outlier in a series where we have been better. Um, just need to keep executing as well as we did last night. Yeah, I mean, we say it's a make or miss league and I uh, don't think maybe from what you're saying, yesterday's game um, could have been a better um, demonstration of that. Um, I think if, if you look if you look at the guys in terms of make or miss, Tatum was 7-10 first half. Um, Brown was 5-7 first half. Grant Williams was 4-5 first half. Peyton Pritchard was 3-4 first half. A lot of, and there was pretty high volume of free taken amongst mm. all those guys as well. Um, so it, yeah, it, and it's funny. Miami got like their first two threes. I think Struson, Vincent, and and Tucker all got their first threes. So I, yeah. that very first, I thought it could have been one of those games where they got out. But make or miss, hundred percent. If you've got teams that are just making their jump shots and making their deep threes, it it's can hard. get yeah it can get out of hand. Yeah, very very quickly, it can get very out of hand very very quickly. Like a lot of the times, you you maybe you just say you start watching a game late and there's a bit of a lead and you just quickly check the box score. It's like a team shooting sixty percent from free and the other teams like thirty percent. And you know, yeah, that that's your game. At times, you can't even get an opportunity to get back into it. Um, who who was the man of the match? So obviously, Marcus has come back in. Al Horford has come back in. You said. Jason Tatum put up his numbers, but he didn't have to do anything too difficult. You said Jimmy struggled a bit, but looking at the box score, he he had a good game numbers-wise. So from your 48 minutes of watching the game eyes, who, who was the man of the match and, and how did they distinguish themselves? It was smart, man. Like it was one hundred like there was just no one else on the court with the same energy um throughout the whole game. He obviously didn't want to get taken out at the end because he was near a triple double. Like mm. so I think the guys are all taken out about six, seven minutes left before the end because it was a blowout. Yeah. And it, even the commentary were like, why is Smart still in the game? And he's clearly asked to stay in the game because he was having such a good night. Um at, at top of the top of the, the top line is is his box score and it was the first they said it on the TV. It was the first uh, Celtics playoff 20 Point, 10 assist, three steal games since 2012. Now, I assume this was a Rondo stat line because I don't think Sounds you can get very more. Rondo-ish, I don't think yeah. you can get more of a John Rondo stat line, and it was. I went and checked it, but Smart put his own spin on it by getting a nice block in that stat line as well. But um, it's funny with Smart, like he is such. Someone mentioned this on the Twitter to us uh, in the first series, I think, or maybe against Milwaukee, and they they were uncomfortable watching him. Like he gave them anxiety watching him because it can be such a up and down experience. He plays so on the edge that some of the misses and turnovers can be, you know, not even the turnovers. Some some of the stuff can just be a bit erratic. Um, people don't love the flopping, but I think in a league where defensive like rules are stacked against you at times, it's an offense focused yeah. league. Um, I think he does really well with that in terms of just making the most of elbows and contacts and this, that and the other. And he knows take how to every make... Edge. Take every edge you can get. And it's, it's, and it's funny, like, it's one of those things where everyone loves it on their team. Everyone loves it when it's Lowry or <laughs> yeah. Bev or Chris Paul, if they are a guy, if they're supporting the team that these guys are on. Yeah. Um, and, and I know Celtics fans love it with Marcus. But um, it's funny, box score-wise, he looked awful at the start. Like, he was 2 of 12. To, to start a game um, 2 of 11 or 2 of 12 I think he missed his first one in the second half 
and he was t- early on he forced some horrible like not even I don't even know what they were push shots just really bad but he had five assists in his first six minutes he just and he was what was really missing in game one the third quarter yeah. when things were falling around people he's been the best sort of pure passer on the so yeah I was just about to maybe. ask you've been saying that yeah. for a while He's he's been the best pure passer in terms of the passes he can pull off for maybe two three years. Um, I guess arguably carry, but I think that was even a debate. But this year and maybe the back end of last, he's really floor general taken on that role. Like it's not just the quality of pass he can pick out; it's what he consistently does throughout a game, how he settles the things, how he for it, yeah, proper point guard stuff, man. And that was what was clearly missing. That third in the quarter. third quarter of game one, there's no way he's committing the horrendous turnovers that a Tatum or a Brown were um, in that game. And it just showed, like, he finished with 12 assists, I think it was, last night. Um, but he just was in total control of things. He got his three steals, but it felt like more, like, he was the one forcing things out in transition all the time. He made things very, very hard for Butler. We talk about, I mentioned at the top, Butler got a lot of his success in the post. Um, yeah. getting out ones and just off the glass and stuff. But a good reason that is anytime he did get a top of the key, just smart was all over him and he wasn't letting him get any space to run into anything downhill. Um, and then towards the end of the game, smart starts hitting big shots and stuff. And that was a nice cherry on top, but even with a terrible efficiency game, um, he was still for me, the best player on the floor and he, and he allowed everyone else to be so good. And it's so funny. Like there's certain fans on the Twitter who hate like, it's not that they hate smart. It's just a smart experience is a, is a tense one. It's but, an experience, yeah. Yeah, when he when he shoots badly, it looks bad. But I think this year more than ever, and last night, it was the first half was a great example of it. His defending and his playmaking just outweigh the shooting. Like it was one of those ones where you didn't realize how bad a shooting that he was having until you actually looked at the box score because everything was in the right. It was the, they were the right shots bar a few. Like he was yeah. there, he was in the flow. He was delegating well. He wasn't, and a lot of them were just missed layups. Like they, it just looked bad. It was just one of those nights. But he was outstanding. Um, and some of the shots we're going to mention and play in the game were ludicrous for for him. For him, even as a Marcus Smart fan, I was just laughing in my living room. Like what's, what's going on? Yeah, the way you've broken that down, that sounds like a, a peak Kyle Lowry game. You make him make a few big big plays um, in terms of shot making but then you're doing all the other stuff that keeps your team level-headed that keeps your team in control of the game so good to see it. and I think what I've kind of seen with Marcus as his career has gone on if he's got a kind of composure or poise on one end to erratic meter he was here when he was younger and as he's gotten older and older he's gotten more and more composed and more more poised as he's gone on uh, and I think about that play, uh, not taking that shot at the end of game one against the Nets. And yeah, a couple of years yeah. ago, he's chucking, he's chucking that bad boy up. Like, yeah, yeah he, he's chucking that bad boy up. So he'll have his, he'll have his moments. But, but like you say, um, all the other stuff that he does more than makes up for it. And listen, if you're gonna do that, I'll, I'll let you take a few crazy shots. You're feeling yourself, you know, coming out with the fits that he comes out with. I'd be feeling myself too. Um, who won the coaching battle? Yes. Yeah. So how did they go about winning it? Do you know what? It's it's getting. I think we're at that point in the playoffs now. There's four teams left, mm. um, and I've I've thought this through for all of the games really. Like, well, we'll talk about Warriors, Mavs. I think Curb maybe did win that one defensively, but I think at this point now, there's four teams left. You don't get to this point of the season, or it's very rare you get to this point of the season. 
to, if you are not very entrenched in your identity as a team, mm-hmm. very sure of yourself as a team, know that you want to get into your sets and your stuff, know how you want to defend certain things, know what your rotations are, rotations shorten and shorten and shorten. Um, and I think that at this point, it's tough to read. There's no, like, there's a reason Doc Rivers still isn't here, you know, like, isn't still here. There's a reason, like, um, Chris Finch who, or Taylor Jenkins, who are new to this, like, and still were figuring out a lot of their rotation stuff, aren't still here. Um, mm. So while I think, while I think y- you say Spolstra maybe could have got Bam in actions, I, f- I think he maybe lost because he could. I think they just needed a bit more ingenuity from what we were defending. There wasn't really any response in game in terms of where people were picking the ball up, um, getting Bam more involved in the stuff. Um, but it's tough. It's th- like there's not. It's not a lot. Right. And I think it does come down to execution with these teams. I think they are very well matched, Miami and Boston. I think rotation wise, like Spolstra, I don't know if don't know if he should lose points or get points for going to Duncan Robinson in the third quarter. Like, yeah, you clearly don't trust in the playoffs. But is it that you've seen something he could take advantage of? He got a few buckets. Wasn't really great. Um, or is it that ah, whatever? Let's just see what will work. So. It wasn't the best bolster game. There wasn't a lot of um, taking advantage of everything. They could, <coughs> sorry, they were a bit better in the third quarter, but it wasn't the sort of comeback of last last game. Um, and Udoka clearly just told Boston to slow things down third quarter. They did get a little run together. I think they maybe had like a 7-8-0 run in the third at one point. Got it down to about 19 from 29. Um so credit to Spolstra for that, but I think Udoka really wins out on just not letting things get out of hand. He, he called an early timeout and it, it just slowed the pace. They were making the most of the shot clock and everything like that. But I think these, I think, I think this series really is down to execution. I think personnel-wise, mm, they've so small well margins. Yeah, it's, the margins are small. So you give it Udoka just um, because of I think not letting the lead slip and keeping feet on next, but. Like we mentioned at the top, when people are making their shots at that rate, you can't yeah. really scheme against it. <laughs> no, you can't. Um, what was your player of the game? Player of the game. I mentioned Marcus. I mentioned Marcus Smart. There was there was two in particular um, buckets, which I was just like, nah, he's feeling himself maybe too much today. There was one. Um, <laughs> and, and this is like, I, I like this one because on one end is the thing that got the headlines. On the other end, it was, exactly why he has such a good game and why Miami struggles. So right wing pick and roll. Uh, Jimmy Butler's got the ball. Bam comes and sets the screen. Horford switches onto Jimmy, who was guarding Bam. Um, and then Bam rolls inside. Short roll inside. Marcus rolls round Bam. Ball gets to Bam. He's practically under the basket. But then Marcus just active hands strips him. So clean. Gets the ball uh, out in transition. It goes to Grant Williams. Again, it was third quarter, so he didn't go too quick. He didn't make in a shootout. He, he slowed it, gave it to Marcus. Marcus brings it up the floor. Little between the leg crossover, sits Max Struess on his ass and then hits a, a 16-foot jumper. The yes. other one that was ridiculous, which I'm sure will be all over the Twitter and stuff, is he hit a step back three, which was nonsense. Uh, irrational confidence. Irrational <laughs> confidence. It's a shot that I don't really see him take, but that first one was good, like, Obviously, it's the headliner sitting someone down, which which can just be stumbles. It was the fact that he got the strip out of a pick and roll, guarding Bam on the switch, which then started the counter, which I, I really liked that one. I think that was a testament to his game. Really, the Marcus Smart game, boy. 
And what was your... Listen, go watch that. It was the mark. <laughs> it was the mark of smart game. <laughs> and what was your blunder of the game? Blunder. Um, do you know what? Do you know what? The only blunder really there was a there was a block. Tyler Hero made a chase down block on on Smart, um, and I, 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 they gave it because like his chest had touched Smart's head. But that was probably the best defensive player Tyler Hero has life, past, present, and future. <laughs> and he was absolutely robbed. Even if there might have been a technical foul on it, no chance should it have been called. That was horrendous. Um, so poor bastard. Yeah, that was a real blunder from the ref. Cool. And who were the lights too bright for? I, I, I would have loved Shaq to be on this morning because it's something up. Me and Shaq kind of go back and forth on. I'm probably the biggest Bam Adebayo fan outside of Miami. Mm. Um, but got to do more, man. Got to do more. He he's so skilled and so able to playmake and and score in different ways and variety of ways. Now Horford coming back is gonna change things. Smart coming back is gonna change things. It's gonna lock our defense up. But six field goal attempts, like non-factor in the in the kind of actions starting the build-up just just a absence total absence like their third quarter comeback in game one for me was sparked by him not letting anyone get any joy offensively for us um and he was just a real passenger last night man like he needs to do a lot more i think we win handily if Bam Adebayo plays like that for another two games, like he's mm. so important to just agree because Miami are good. He's important on both ends. He's a yeah, he's a all NBA defense defensive the player of the year caliber defender. Um, and they need offense and they need actions outside of Jimmy Butler. Um, I, I need you to be going for like 20, 20 points, mate. You need to be. My thing is, I don't even mind you shooting and missing, but it tells me that you're going out there and you're aggressive and you're gonna lose on your own yeah you're gonna lose on your own um stand you're gonna stand your guard Take, going out there and only having six shots is you it's, know you're yeah, it's yeah. tough because so our rim protection like? you, you watched it sorry to cut in you watched it um was it was he hiding or was it they weren't running enough actions with him or what what happened it's, it's a bit of both in it because hi, hiding can look like hiding and it's just that they like the, the perspective is different they might just not be feeding i think when we're at our best we are a really good defensive team, obviously. Um, and we had Smart and Horford back. That's massive. Rob Williams coming back as well, which hasn't been there for the last two series, really. Mm. Was always going to be tougher for Bam because Bam is good around the basket, obviously, but he's about like that 10, 12 foot range, yeah. sort of mid-range guy. So it it is tough. Like t- It is tough for him to get looks. He doesn't have a three-point shot. Um, and we don't give a lot up. But even so, like he's so much more important to coming out and initiating stuff and then being smart and coming out and affecting things from the dunker spot. And I think we didn't let Jimmy have any space to play make and we didn't let Bam kind of have any room inside. And so I think it's it's half of half good defense from us, cool. But at the same time, I, I don't know how they finesse it, but they've got to do more. And then, like you said, it's both ends, I think defensively. They're a good defensive team, right? We're a better mm-hmm. defensive team, man for man. Like they have not bad defenders, but Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Tyler Hero, yeah, like, these aren't great defenders. And so 
Bam's role is more important in terms of that, not to a Rudy Gobert extent, but he is a one-man band at times. And that in that third quarter, he was very much a one-man band, especially PJ Tucker going out. He's got to be yeah. even better. Um, and although it's, I'm asking a lot, it's the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'm asking a lot because... These are the stakes, yeah. Because you he should be now... He's at Tate, he's Tatum's draft class, fifth year in the league. He should be. I know he's not the size, but he should be looking at people like Aiton, Gobert, Allen, Rob Williams, and be clear of some of them and be entering like the best center in the league discussion the same way his, his draft peers are entering their kind of best wing in terms of Ingram and Mitchell yeah. and Tatum and stuff like that. Um, yeah, defensively, he's got to do more. Heavy load, but he's got to do more. And offensively, he's got to work with Spolstra to find a way to to get more happening, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't disagree. I think knowing Spo, knowing Bam, I expect him to come out aggressive um, in game three and make a statement. Jimmy is just a really proven playoff performer. You guys made him work, but he he, he did his his job in a lot of instances. But then once you have him popping, Bam, Bam popping a bit, uh, maybe they bring uh, Duncan Robinson out just to space the floor out just a little bit, give guys some room to operate in. Then you then you have some things to think about. It'll be interesting to see how they respond. You know, these battles, like you say, you don't get to the last four teams without having a clear identity, without having a, a good coach. And it's just chess pieces. It's that level of coaching, noticing little cracks and little crevices in the other team's armor. Okay, we're going to take advantage of that. We're going to probe that. We're going to probe that in the first quarter put their attention in that and we're going to open up something that they haven't even thought about. Yeah, it, so. was, it was interesting looking at the defensive matchups as well. Like we have one player in Peyton Pritchard who, if he's scoring, he's great. Um, if he's not raining down from three, then you could argue defensively he, he's, he's a target and he is at this level, but yeah, He's not a terrible defender, like because he's six one and, and whatever people but he's not actually terrible, like he tries, um, which is more than can be said for a lot of small guards. Um, but we have one guy like that on the other end, like that Jalen Brown loved his Gabe Vincent matchup, which he got more joy out of than in the than in the first game. Tyler Hero is always someone you're gonna be able to attack. Um <laughs> and then Duncan Robinson coming on, like, yeah, he's just a non factor there. And so I think that could be significant in that we just have more, we have one or two guys at all times who we can go at. Like, I really like Gabe Vincent, but yeah, he he got targeted. And Peyton Pritchard got targeted towards the end of game one, barely got targeted uh, in, in this game. Hero got a couple on him, but only Hero. Um, and, and, and he made up for it on the other end. So yeah, it's interesting, the chess pieces. Like, there's just not a lot of weaknesses for us defensively. And so if it's mm. not Jimmy... And also with Jimmy, we defended him straight up a lot more. Didn't allow those driving kicks, especially the end of the game, game one. We allowed a, just threes that we didn't allow tonight or last night. Um, we just trusted our guys to defend 1v1 against Jimmy and that took away his playmaking a lot. Um, so so again, another credit to Adoka for that because without Struess and Vincent getting a lot of three-point attempts, then they all of a sudden start to look more like regular season players. Their their value is in being three and D guys. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, without those shots, limited. 
Cool. Um, believe it or not, listeners, there was another series uh, going on this week <laughs> in the, the Golden but, State. But the, the Golden State fans don't want to show up. They're so entitled. They're just like, I oh, will come on the finals episodes. They, they're, <laughs> they're just like, oh, yeah, that was easy. Serious, man. They're back in the big time for five minutes and all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now they've forgotten their suffering. They forgot being a play, playing team. Um, life will humble them, as it always does. Um, on the western side of the NBA, um, the Golden State Warriors took on the Dallas Mavericks in Game One. Another blowout, a uh, hundred and twelve to eighty-seven win for the Warriors. Um, I know you watched some of this game, yeah. So it'd be good just to talk a little bit about the things you noticed in 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 Game One. I'm not expecting the same level of detail as you gave with your beloved Celtics. Um, but how did Golden State go go about giving Dallas that that pounding? Yeah, no, they were really good, man. Um, uh, it's, uh, we know heliocentric. Heliocentric is NBA Twitter's favorite thing now, right? And um, and there's that video of Kobe that comes out. Oh no, you can't win that type of way in the playoffs. He's, he's talking about Harden's Rockets, but it's it's used as a stick to beat Doncic's Mavericks with. Um, to be honest, and this is a thing with Dallas, like. They are a very, very, very make or miss. Like uh, we say make or miss league. You mentioned it for the last game. I think of all the teams left, Dallas are the most make or miss team left. Like they are good defensively. Um, Kid has done amazingly well there. They've got some really good wing defenders. But outside of Doncic, yes, Brunson can have good games, but like we're talking about a 2025 20, million contract. We're not talking about like a proper max player yeah. with Brunson, right? Like outside of Doncic, they do rely on him a lot to create. Whereas Golden State have this system rules all as well as like a Steph, et cetera. Um, they got more inside. Golden State, Miami and Boston have more inside scoring than, than Dallas do. And it was a very missed game in terms of make or miss. Like, um, there was one, that just to, to sum it up, I think I put it in the, the chat the other day, yesterday. Um, what was it? They were they were like three or they were, Brunson was 0 of 5 from three. There, there was the headline one there, but they were. Was it 3 of 19, I think? It was, it was, it was 3 of 19, but it was 6 of 22 lightly contested threes. And okay. one of five on totally uncontested threes. Mm. So, and some of them, like Luca, Luca, the headline is Luca got stopped. And we'll talk about that in a minute because he did, I guess, like he, he did. Um, but he was still creating, like he was still getting looks for other people, especially Brunson. Brunson had some horrific ones. Reggie Bullock had some horrific ones. Dorian Finney Smith had the worst game I've seen him have in a long time, like yeah. just fouls and turnovers, as well as barely getting shots off. Um, and they just were really poor from deep. Those this the, the the contest level that was on those second spectrum sets, which really stuck out to me. And and you watching them, you could see that they were amazing looks. And Golden State just lived with it. They were like, look, we're gonna take away Luca's mid range. We're gonna take away Luca at the rim. Um, they packed the paint. The closer he got to the to the basket, they trusted the the averages to fall their way. And Andrew Wiggins was the we're going to talk player of the game. He was player of the game. Like the yeah. job he did on Luca as went to go with his 19 points, but he was, it was proper. Like we've seen, we've seen games like it 
this playoffs where people were just drapes in all over people. Dylan Brooks had moments like it. Uh, Herb Jones had minutes, mo moments like it in the playoffs this year. Wiggins was just all over Luca from inbound passes, half court. He just was a <laughs> shadow. They they were playing boxing one at times where it was four guys in a zone and then Wiggins just miles away. Even when Luca wasn't in the action, like it was Brunson's yeah. turn to cook. Wiggins was just on Luca, just in his jersey. Um, he was outstanding defensively, hit his shots. Um, but it wasn't just it was a really good team team the performance. Like Draymond had moments on Luca which were outstanding. M Wiggins had moments on Luca which were outstanding. Clay had some good moments on Luca. Kevin Looney was really good. Like the 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 times that Looney and Draymond shared the floor, you wondered where Dallas were getting a basket from. Yeah. Um, yeah, just I think I think with Golden State, right? Because everyone thinks about pace, space, movement, threes, people forget that they're a very defensively sound team as well. Like if they it wasn't always for, have been always yeah, have been. if it wasn't for Dallas and Boston's massive upturn this season, they were the first, they were number one ranked defense for most of the season. And that was with Draymond missing yeah. massive amounts of time. They like they have maybe matchups that you can target Steph and this and the other, but they're not stupid. Like they're not just the Antonis Rockets where they're just like all about the the, yeah, the movement. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Even at their peak, they were elite on both ends. They've always been elite on both ends. Clay, uh, pre his his major injuries, was a fantastic two way player. Draymond Green is a defensive player of the year candidate every single year. Kevin Durant came to Golden State and he improved defensively as well. Steph, while he's somebody you can cook one-on-one -on -one and teams will switch onto him, he's a fundamentally sound team defender. Um, so they've always been able to impact the game on that end. And then when you can do that and then you can do what they can do up the other end, yeah, when they have games where guys are just making their shots, like we say, make or miss league, um, what, what are you going to do about it? Um, you said, and this is the thing, is you, you can't completely scheme Luca out of a game. So, okay, cool. Maybe you're making it difficult for him to sh um, find his shot. He's going to find others in good positions to score. Um, and from what we've already seen them do against the Phoenix Sun, Jason Kidd is going to adjust. The, the Mavericks are going to adjust. What, what do you think we might potentially see a bit more of in game two for them to try and make things a bit more competitive? I think I think Luca will make shots that he didn't make last night, and I think if he does that early, all of a sudden the the oh, not last night night before, I think then the coverage has to sort of change a little bit, especially if, 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 everyone else as well. If Bullock hits two early threes, they yeah. can't help off of him so aggressively. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do about the center rotation. I think that's something that they need to to look at. I think there was no real resistance inside. And I like Maxi Kleber. I think he's underrated at the basket, but Golden State really um, picked apart, like they really picked apart Dallas. Like they'd get past that kind of first bit of pressure, a guy on the perimeter, and then it would be one, two passes around Kleber or Powell um, or Luca if he was switched on as the kind of weak side guy just sitting on Draymond or Looney. They're, I think they need to sort about it, sort the interior defense out before mm. anything else. I think I think Luca and the shots will come if they come. I think we saw in the last series that they hit their shots at home. Yes, and that was what opened sort of the series up. I think I think if you're kid, you you're not going to change anything offensively. You're going with the best offensive player left in the playoffs. 
Um, he will hit shots. He will get hot. He will have you're you're guaranteed two amazing Luca games in where he hits everything. Um, and doesn't go thirty percent of the field like the other night. I think that offensively should open things up for them. Just generally, I don't think they're going to change much there. Like they got the looks, but defensively, the the under the basket defending, the rim protection, the being undone by just one little give and go and stuff like that was where the bleed really started. Um, Wiggins went cold in the second half, um, but was unbelievable in the first. You're not 100% that you're going to get the same shooting like halves from from him, mm. from from everybody. Like You could argue Golden State could still shoot it a bit better, but because um, like, the three ball wasn't really falling, but it was that's almost the problem for Dallas is you live with that. It was it was the inside scoring that was a problem, and it it wasn't like it was awful, but it was one. It was possessions that you know they they wish they could get back, like just with yeah. a bit more dialed in, bit more locked in, bit more aware of who's around them. Um, it was just one two passes inside, and they were cut open like ribbons. So I think that's where we're gonna see see the real difference. I don't know what he does in terms of Jason Kidd. I mean, I don't know what he does in terms of minutes and, and distribution there. Powell didn't get a lot of minutes. He was run off the floor a little bit. Maxi Kleber didn't get a lot of minutes. He struggled. Mm, um, that's interesting. I think Maxi Kleber has been fantastic for them defensively. Yeah. And if Golden State are playing in a way that makes him unplayable, and we're talking about them having to shore things up defensively, they're being put in a very, very awkward position. I think that's I think that's where Dallas will have their undoing. Like they just we just talked about Bam struggling against Williams, Horford, other Williams. Mm. Um Looney's had a really good series, really good playoffs, to be honest. Draymond obviously had a, a good defensive game and was loving it and got the chase center up and everything like that. Yeah. Front court, Dallas front court's just not really there. It's just not the same level as everybody else. Yeah. Um, and I, I I don't know. Again, we talk about coaches at this but at this stage of the playoffs i don't know if you can scheme to hide people like that you um, can't really yeah so like if, players. If, if if kleber played for boston or miami he's a four next to an outstanding center but when he's yeah. at dallas after five minutes he's in for power as as your main five um and it's just not quite enough so we'll see we'll see if they if they double down on it um and allow more three-point shooting always a dangerous thing against against golden state because they can just get hot but yeah i think that's that's the key to to dallas staying alive in this series as well as just hitting their own shots because the looks are good mm, yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see how, how they adjust for sure so um i didn't ask um has your prediction for your series against miami changed still boston in seven yeah i think boston is seven. I, i'm feeling good about like i mentioned seven quarters out of eight you've got to be pretty happy with um i it's funny like game one i said it i always thought we were going to drop game one mm. but it was the manner like that was really frustrating getting horford back already i don't know how they faked that covid test but how's he gone into protocols for a day like what let's be let's be honest it's the it's the it's the eastern conference finals he's got covid guys are gonna get COVID. so what <laughs> not, we're not we're not Silver, <laughs> I said I said to someone the other day, Adam Silver has four positive Celtics tests in one hand and the NBA viewing figures in the other hand. And one of those items is going in the bin. Um, 
Stone is not the that's figures. Li- that's literally it. He 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 learned under the tutelage of David Stern. Do you think something as trivial Man. as people catching trivial as a worldwide <laughs> pandemic potentially coming back? <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals, best ratings in ten years. Literally, um, literally. So so yeah, Horford and Smart back is massive. Like I was worried he was going to miss three games easy, Horford. Um, yeah. And he's and he he's probably would have if it was a regular season. If yeah. it was, yeah, trust me. Um, so in a weird way, like him having a night off was actually pretty good because the he's you mentioned he, he was tired he at the it, back yeah. end of the last at the back end of the last series. Yeah, and I, what, I still it... think I still think the series is interesting though. I think Spolstra, you don't rule out figuring Never. out a way to to just scheme around stuff. Going back to Boston one one, you've obviously got to be pretty chuffed. I my Celtics. Prediction was contingent on getting a game in Miami, and and we did that. So, yeah, I'm not changing that one. Golden State, I think, just have too much for Dallas. I don't think I actually did a. Uh, a I don't think we did no. on that, but I'm, I'm going them in in six. But if they get both games at home, yeah, I think I Might think Golden State in six. Yeah. Um, be just just because just because the inside like scoring, I just see is always going to be. It's one of those things where. Like we say, I've said it so many times now, but we're at the stage where if there's a glaring issue like Dwight Powell versus Golden State's ball movement, um, then you struggle. Um, and they're, yeah, just, they're just not as deep as everyone else. Just levels a bit much. Yeah, this levels a bit much for Dwight Powell. Uh, it showed in the last series, to be honest, at times, and and I think from what you've said in Game One, it's shown again. But um, we'll see. We've we've been surprised already these playoffs, so won't won't rule out like you said, best offensive player left in the playoffs, and 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 a maverick coach. Um, so yeah, with that being that, yes, a, a pleasure. Your Celtics level things. Golden State are playing the Mavs tonight. They can take a commanding 2-0 series lead or um, the Mavs can punch them in the mouth. Definitely be checking that one out. Um, and well, when's your next game? Uh, mate, every every night. like it's So it was okay. us last night, Golden State tonight, then us in another night. They're not wasting time. They're, they're just rolling them straight out. So okay, so morning. they're not doing the kind of, oh, you're going to Boston, so we're giving yeah, you Yeah, literally. A- so it's, it's Golden State tonight. Um, against Dallas, then Boston, Miami, Saturday, then Golden State, Dallas, Sunday, then Boston, Miami, Monday, then go- just rolling them out. Fair, fair enough, man. Can't be mad at more basketball. Um, so we'll be talking again very soon then. Yeah, man. Nice one. Right. Nice one, bro. Sports Social Podcast Network.